check, check. Okay, good. I've got audio, got both of you. All right. I guess I will start it officially then. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crazy Bird Podcast. I am your host, Matt Van Rice, and I'm here with my co-host, Violetta Kaminska. Hello, Violetta. Hello, Matt. How are you? I am doing well. And today we are excited to welcome our guest, Emma Sutton-Williams. Emma is a Juilliard graduate living the life of a well-rounded creative. Her accomplishments include an album with Springsteen, an orchestral career with the Cincinnati Symphony and the American Ballet, and several soundtrack recordings, including The Joker and The Greatest Showman. She has multiple interests outside of music, which has led her to work in the fashion industry alongside Alix of Bohemia, a couture designer creating heirlooms that can be passed down for generations. It is her belief that we are constantly evolving and growing, so our passion should too. Currently, Emma enjoys writing. You can find her musings on her website, emmahasablog.com. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be on. Yes, thank you for accepting our invitation. I'm really excited to have you here, Emma. I got a pleasure to meet you in Savannah when I was uh, chasing uh, birds. <laughs> well, not literally, maybe, you know, I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to think I was chasing them, uh, <laughs> running after birds, but I was watching birds. And there was one particular crazy bird that I fell in love with that was a barred owl, a baby. And one time when I, uh, when I walked to the park, I saw you and your husband, Nate. I didn't know you guys at that time. And yeah. you were sitting on a bench. You, were, you looked very relaxed and you were looking at a tree. And then I realized that, as I called the owl, my kid was sitting on that branch, uh, on that tree. And you looked, what was interesting, though, the owl looked great, but you, the two of you looked very relaxed. And I thought, wow, they look like they're watching a good movie or maybe they're on but also like, well, they could be on the beach right now looking at the ocean. <laughs> so that was a very peaceful scene. And I'm curious, was there anything you were thinking about when you were sitting on that bench and looking at the owl? Or was it just like a moment where you were not thinking about anything? I mean, I think for us, we have never seen an owl before. So we just were completely excited. So we just, you know, first of all, we got over the shock of seeing it. And then we sat down because originally when we saw him we were right underneath the tree branch and he made a noise and it freaked us out right so we then we like you know (laughs) regained composure and then went to go sit on the bench and look at him and uh it was just we I don't know how long we were sitting there before you you stumbled upon us but we just loved watching him we had not seen that before we had just uh moved from New York City we gave up our apartment and uh, after about late May and decided to do some sort of epic road trip where we journey around the country and live where we want to live and work remote. So that was the beginning of our adventure. So I think it was just sort of embracing nature and seeing an owl for the first time was just amazing for us. And then you, I think you kept coming back to watch it, right? We watched every night. Yeah, we come back yeah. there. I would yeah. even go check on little breaks throughout the day. But of mm-hmm. course, as you pointed out, they sleep uh, during the day. <laughs> so, you know, we learned a lot about owls from you, actually. We, in fact, after that moment where you're explaining that it was a little, it was a kid, not a full grown owl. Once we discovered that and that there's parents around somewhere out there, we started to spot the parents. And then we started to educate other people that would stumble across the owl and teach them, oh, that's a teenager. He's growing up, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lately, uh, it was just a few days ago, somebody asked me because I was standing close and filming and the owl was flying around me and looking at me. And then, you know, it's really funny. Now he's okay with turning his back to me. I think he really trusts me. So there was somebody walking back a few days ago and said, is that your owl? And I started <laughs> laughing. I said, well, I like to think about it, but it's not mine. And then somebody said, no, but did you train it? I said, no, that owl really has trained me very well because I have to show up here at a particular time of the day to get that experience. But it's really funny because people think, oh, this is a trained owl. Well, judging on the selfie that you guys took together, I kind of think that you do have a very yeah. special bond. Yeah, we definitely are two crazy birds. I feel like a kid around that owl too. And parents are around all the time and especially the mother is watching me and I think, she just rolls. I, that's my, you know, in my head, I'm thinking she rolls her eyes thinking, oh, geez, it's her again, you know, putting the, ca causing some trouble. <laughs> so also what happened during that time, you know, when we met, what was interesting, I thought, and it happens to me quite frequently, especially now when we are more uh, living more in solitude because of the pandemic. And of, I go for walks and I'm pretty much by myself and I take all the precautions, wear a mask if there is somebody around. But um, what's interesting, I think nature for me personally, um, br brings me together with very interesting people like you and Nate, you know, like complete strangers. And I felt so like I could relate to you immediately and felt connected. I didn't need, you know, like sometimes you have to get to know somebody for weeks or months and the friendship kind of develops but what was interesting i thought was just the first day and we had all those interesting conversations that were not it started about nature and the owl but then it was all about the you know culture in general travels food so i thought that was really interesting and i wanted to ask you so obviously nature relaxes you and you are such a creative person so versatile you know music now creative writing what I found very interesting and inspiring about you also is that you started your blog. You felt like you wanted to express your creativity in a slightly different way than what you're used to. But it's yeah. also the times that are so kind of stressful now. And a lot of people complain that they are so stressed that, you know, it's really difficult to go by their day. And even a lot of creative people I know, young people, older people, have a hard time creating because of the stress level they feel. So... How do you overcome that feeling of the unknown and stress yeah. and actually find energy to create rather than shut yourself down? Sure. Well, let's be clear. The first two months that COVID-19 really swept over New York was a little bit of a terror feel. And um, I think I did shut down for two months. And, mm -hmm. you know, I did the binge watching. I did the like stare out the window and panic feel, you know, all of the mm -hmm. things that one feels. And then eventually... Um, there was this shift where we realized this is going to be um, sort of a lifestyle now, as opposed to something that we're just going to hunker down and it'll just go away in a couple months. Like, um, so when that reality hit for us, I started to want, I, I mean, I've been thinking, I always like to think, am I being fulfilled? What can I be doing? How can I keep reaching for something? And I don't want to get stuck. And that was my whole life. I've been a violinist, it seems. And I've been trained since I was a little kid. And, you know, I went to Juilliard. I did the whole thing. And I had a really great performing career. And I still, you know, performed up until COVID shut Broadway down. And I, I had this moment for the past three years thinking, you know, I want to do more than just perform violin. But I feel stuck. 
And why do I feel stuck? And so I had to push through this moment of, you know, I feel a lot of social pressure to remain a violinist because you're kind of told like, you got to do one thing really well, and this is your thing. And so, you know, to throw it away, you're wasting talent. And it's just this whole thing. And I, I felt I had to get work through all those feelings. And finally, one day I just said, you know, I would be happier if I chose what my gut is telling me to try other things. So I started to look into that. I started training myself in other um, like digital courses and did something at Yale and like tried to like bring more knowledge to myself to see what opportunities were out there. So I, you know, I, I wrote an article and I got it published with Parents Magazine. I was really excited about that. I don't even have children. So I'm just flabbergasted that that <laughs> <laughs> happened. Um, and I, I just, it was exciting because I actually in the article talked about how I think you can transform your life and how you can teach it to your child. And that's a valuable lesson that should be taught. So from there, I kind of took my own advice and kept going with it. And I got some um, experience working for a company in all sorts of marketing and different techniques one would use. And I did that while I performed on Broadway at night and kept up my creative, like performing, uh, making movie soundtracks and things and was able to keep that all going. But I started to take it even more that way when COVID hit, like then suddenly just music shut down, like all of that just was frozen, right? And so, and literally like a show I played on was frozen, that got shut, that's completely closed. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so like Lion King's still going, which is good at the moment. I mean, that it's hard to know what the future is for music, but it made me that much more grateful for following something that was important to me and not listening to outside opinions saying you're crazy, you're doing something really stupid. And I am really glad that I stuck to like, I'm happy that I chose these things. And so now it's gone into something where I enjoy writing. And I thought, why not start a blog? Like I kind of made fun of people that write blogs. It's like, you know, what are, what are they writing about? Like who wants to read that? And honestly, like, I don't know who wants to read my blog, but at the same time, like, I really enjoy it. I, I like it. writing about it. Oh, good. Thank you. We Me got, too. We got two viewers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really just something, you know, I'm just writing about like what I'm up to and, you know, that right now it's sort of a travel blog in a sense that it's about each city that we show up in and what we've enjoyed about it and what we're doing. Cause it's not like you do the normal things one would do mm -hmm. during COVID. You kind of have to take some safety precautions and not go certain places. You're not going to dine at all these restaurants. Like you got to like really pick your, your moments. So we've been spending a lot of that time with nature. We're really appreciating um, animals like it first started when we go to Central Park in New York and we started to notice squirrels like in their their natural habitat. I don't think I've ever noticed so many things about squirrels before until that and then birds and like we started to see how cute they were and they start naming them. You know, you're really getting like, you know, like a little obsessed over animals. Right. And then we moved over to Savannah and we met the owl who we named Mr. Oliver, you know, just so cute. And <laughs> it just became this like now when we're in we're in Siesta Key, we're watching uh, dolphins and manatees. It's just so cool to see nature um it's sort of this beautiful thing I've really enjoyed and I mean in general I love animals but it's just mm -hmm. now it's like taking time to see it and taking time to meet people that you know you, you we've met, I met you in the park like there's just more time at the moment somehow you're not being as rushed you start to realize things that you're really like what life is really made of it's meeting people like being busy all the time is okay but what are you being busy for you know, just mm -hmm. 
really appreciating what life is about. So yeah. we're enjoying this journey. Mm -hmm. It seems like some of us at least make an effort to slow down or see things around us that those things have been around us all the time, but it's not that we were bad not seeing them, but we're living our life sometimes, you know, like you live in a very busy city, New York, for life, and you were moving from one point to another, and you were so busy living your life throughout the day, you know, yeah. doing one thing during the day, then going to Broadway show in the evening. But what's also fascinating, you said something like, you know, we are, we are getting a chance to meet people, and I think there is this craving right now, like... I'm a person who likes spending time on my own because that's my time kind of you know, reflecting and thinking of what else I can do and create. But I think now it's, um, I also, I've noticed about myself and that was when I met you and your husband, Nate, it's that craving of meeting interesting people. I mm -hmm. think there's this, that craving of that connection. It feels like Sometimes I'm lucky, like when I go and look at the owl, because it seems like the owl even is attracting people who actually appreciate nature. So there are interesting conversations I have and, and interesting people. There are not too many people around, or I don't want to be around too many people. But <laughs> yeah. it's really nice to meet a person or two, keep your social distance, you know, like in a, you know, at a, in a park. Mm -hmm. but have a, such an interesting conversation. And I appreciate that more than ever. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it's really uh, valuable. It's like now we have the, like the contrast of it, you know, when you spend so much time in isolation that you didn't normally do, mm -hmm. suddenly those rather innocuous interactions with someone who's interesting on the street or uh, with nature, like you were saying, Emma, like suddenly that becomes much more apparent, you know, mm -hmm. that idea of like slowing down becomes so much more, um, you know, visible to you because it's in contrast, it's in comparison to being stuck inside or to always working or the kind of the grind of life and, and stuff that can sometimes make it hard yeah. to see anything. <laughs> I actually, it's funny, I saw a shift, you know, New Yorkers have a, are known for being quick paced and, you know, a little, you know, maybe maybe we'll call them rude, but really they're just, you know, on a mission and, you know, they just want to get it done. And so uh, I noticed that people in the park by like May, June, there was complete difference than the New Yorker we were talking to in March um, because people, like we kind of like ask people what kind of dog they have because we're looking at getting a dog and, you know, we want to know, do they like their dog? What's the personality? People would spend so much time talking to us later like they then they would talk about oh like they'll change the topic to something else and this has never happened that's a midwestern thing that just doesn't happen in the city and so like people yeah. are just like craving interaction and so it's it's really nice to be honest also i remember when i spoke with you and nate well we started talking about an owl right we're all three well you are not strangers with your husband, but I was a stranger <laughs> in other you. So maybe you know, Hope like not. I should say, yeah. So, uh, but um, I didn't know you. I didn't know what you do. It didn't matter, right? And yeah. who you are. It was just that love for nature. But then we started talking about music. And when you, when somehow it came up, also you were not just saying, oh, I'm a musician. It's somehow you know, in a conversation it came up. And because suddenly it brought all those memories for me. And I moved to Savannah at the end of December last year from San Francisco. And I, and then I remember how I was telling, oh, or maybe in my email later on, or maybe there when we were in the park, I was telling you, oh, suddenly, you know, the music, I, I looked, I looked up your, um, 
website and then I listened to your music and then that memory of going to concerts for example in Carmel and it's just this memory and then I had a need to um again to listen to more music and I was telling you oh you know like I would go to those concerts and the opera and suddenly I was like on my computer looking for different tracks and you know going through <laughs> my uh, archive or just looking up and listening added to my Spotify station a few other stations thanks to you you, you just brought it Aww. back you know <laughs> so that was really um so I, I feel like that short interval with you and Nate in my life and it was really very short um really enriched my life because I just remembered about certain things that well I forgot about or maybe I allowed some other you know like well situation that is happening all over the world get into me a little bit you know so I think um I found that peace again, you know? So I think that's really important to find those moments. And everybody finds them their own way and has different needs. But for me, it was like, I always look for those moments of, I call it stillness, but also trying to be a little bit relaxed. I'm quite a busy person. So it's nice to have those moments when my mind can just take a break. (laughs) But Uh, also, you know, feed the soul a little bit with different kind of food, like music, art. Uh Yeah, that's kind of why I started the blog, too, is to give me an outlet, because I've been working, you know, a different type of uh, side of my brain throughout the day on, you know, brainstorming and like coming up with, you know, different strategies, but I'm not performing and making music. So that was something that like, although I'm a little burned out from my musical side, there are times now where I start to miss it. And I and I'll pull the violin out and play some things that I want to play for fun, not be, not mm-hmm. something that's required of me, which is a completely different thing. That's not, most people play music for fun. And so they don't get it when I'm like, oh, I don't want to play the violin right now. It's just because it's, it's never been fun because it's been work. You get paid for it and it becomes this thing you do. But now I'm like, oh, Taylor Swift came out with a new album. I think I'll just like do a cover of this song and like, you know, play it or like whatever. It's just, it. I'll just do it for fun. And I've really enjoyed that. And I've done like the blog I started because I needed an outlet to start writing and I enjoy writing and I want to get better at it each day. And like, it's just a beautiful way to practice, you know, what I putting into words, what I see and do. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like the, I like the, what you said about um, kind of discovering almost like the fun of the music in, as opposed to like the work side because I've, I don't know if you relate to this, Violetta, but I've had that experience as a as a designer as well, where like it becomes so work focused that I can't produce art for art's sake anymore because it's I no longer have any creative energy to do that kind of thing. But to take it and, and step away from it for a while, it becomes new again mm-hmm. and becomes, you know, it, you do it for the fun of it. And I like the like that you mentioned that because I think that's something that a lot of people would could really use during this time and say, you know what, maybe I should just step back for a few weeks if I can, you know, if I can take a break from the work, come back to it as for fun, for pleasure, for stillness. I think what Emma said before, even that she tried to um, close those voices in her head, not allow them in your head when you try to switch a little bit, still be Mm -hmm. creative in a different field. Mm -hmm. And I think it's quite common for people who have had a career or have been doing something or invested a lot of time, energy, and money in something. And there's this fear, what if I don't succeed? And am I a crazy person? I have this thing that I'm so good at. 
right? Yeah. And it actually pays my bills and gives me possibly good living. Now to do completely something new, there is no guarantee. And then, you know, you yeah. have all people in your life and these are not people who don't like you. Actually, they love you and they care. And their fear very often is what they're projecting, but also they're trying to protect you. So that's one thing. Another yeah. thing that said is um, we sometimes do something for such a long time or so invested that it's hard, like even with design, right? Like to do art part is difficult. And I've had that too. But for me now, I am ch- I've, I, I've noticed this need in the last couple or three months to um, try new media, you know, like, so maybe not, and I feel like I want to, like, I need a break from digital world. And again, you know, after 15 years, I'm going back to watercolor, which is very difficult for me, okay? And I feel I have a need to do something that challenges me. And actually... I don't even know if I can do it. So there is this kind of oh <laughs> frustration. But funny enough, I actually enjoy this frustration because it's like, a, oh, I still can have it. I don't yeah. know it all. And I feel like I'm starting something and it's almost liberating because I'm learning. And that's a great feeling like, oh, I'm trying something new and I don't know where it's going, which yeah. can be very difficult in your professional life when you have to make money, I understand, right? Like, Sure. I, it's funny you bring up the watercolor part because I that is something I did do. I felt so frustrated the first two months isolated in a 500 square foot apartment that I ordered some watercolors and um, and then I first we started with Crayola paint, which is like is the only thing we could find on the shelf, right? We found it, we bought it, and so I don't know how to paint. I've never painted in my entire life. Went out into the Central Park and just started painting buildings and nature around it, you know, mm-hmm. and on little canvases. It was so fun. They look terrible, but they're cute. You know, we remember right. like we've got our paintings. See, it doesn't matter, right? That they were terrible. <laughs> they were terrible to you. You don't really know if they were terrible, actually, you know. But, well, uh, you can see them on my Instagram. You'll agree. I mean. <laughs> maybe it's a new kind of genre. I don't know. Maybe you started something, a new trend. Exactly. But but I think it's that that need of that was in inside you, the creativity. You needed to get it out. And it doesn't matter. Well, I tried baking bread. And I think a lot of people have been doing that. There was this bread baking. Well, that didn't work out, okay? I stopped doing it. I decided there are actually professionals who can do it, and I will enjoy that bread, so I stopped that. But, you know, that was me three months ago, baking bread. My my husband asked me to stop making bread because it was so bad. (laughs) He's like, we can order this somewhere. We're not to that point yet, you know? Right. Yeah, that's the, what you said about the idea of starting with something that you're completely unfamiliar with. I, I think that's so great. Just that idea of like, you know what? I just need to do something. I need creative energy to come out of me. <laughs> and it means I can go to the park. I can look at the world around me and I can record it to yeah. your level of, of expertise at the time. <laughs> of <laughs> you know? course. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like what's that guy I you guys might know better than me there's a painter from like I don't know it's the 90s he used to paint on tv for like 30 minutes and make these beautiful little illustrations yes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I thought of him during COVID I thought maybe I should watch him and just like make it happen (laughs) but it's way more complicated than that (laughs) yeah oh but yeah we've enjoyed it so how did you how did you kind of make the move into writing? Was there a catalyst at all that kind of took you from 
from music to writing or have you always kind of enjoyed writing more privately and then you could you decided well you know this is something that brings a lot of pleasure for me i have always enjoyed being a little witty and like writing some fun anecdotes about my life or something but you know sometimes i'd write them down personally like talk about some story that happened for myself and never put it anywhere and i guess i enjoyed when i was at juilliard my I was introduced to Fashion Week to go write for some of the fashion shows. And I had some of those, uh, I, I wrote for a Australian online magazine, which was really fun. You couldn't get into Fashion Week otherwise. So I was like, great, I'll write for the show. Like that's how I showed up, you know, and it was really cool. So I did that and then I thought, wow, that was really fun. I wish I could do that for a living or something. But then I'm like, oh, I'm a violinist, so I can't do that. So then I shut that down. And I was like, also like, you got to pay off all your student loans before you even consider doing anything apart from what you're doing here. So I went with the whole violin thing for quite a few years and I, and I paid off my student loans. I did all those things and I thought, you know what? Okay, I've had this really cool career. Would you want to consider maybe going and trying something else now? Um, which I'm still like, you know, I could still be a violinist as long as I want. I will always be a violinist. Just in what capacity do I want to be a violinist? And so I took this writing idea and started to like, pitch it i i have friends that were a a journalist and like a a tv newscaster and he gave me some advice about you know how would i go about pitching to magazines or articles got that deep down as a child i've always wanted to work for vogue and i feel like a lot of girls have always wanted to work for vogue but like i really wanted to work for vogue but at the same time i was a juilliard violinist so we can't do that right so um then i finally like switched the the whole narrative and just even though Vogue, I feel like, is this tight-knit circle where you have to know the right people, have the great background. I feel all these things have to work together. They may deny it. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure you have to know someone. It just feels very tight, you know? So I just, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go create my own path. And so at this point, I went ahead and just started to get really, learn some skills, get really good at things, and bring it back to fashion because I've always loved fashion. And finally, like, I feel like my, like, you know, dramatic to say dreams have come true because my dreams come true often. So I'm so excited. Like another dream came true. Like I get to work for this cool company now that I'm working at with Alex of Bohemia. It's like sold on moda operandi and it's couture and it's beautiful clothing that's for sort of like a free spirited traveler, adventurer person. And um, I, I felt like the brand was me, like, you know, it just spoke to me and they, we had a really great uh, like fit. So now I, I, took my skills that I developed in marketing and I'm able to apply it there with social and create like copy and write for them. And it's been really exciting to bring all of these things that I loved all in one place and seeing the editorial world is going online anyways. It's just kind of exciting to see that, you know, just I'm doing what I love to do. I can't make every opportunity happen for me, but I can take what I'm in control of. I can do myself. So I've been taking that on and doing this, with my life and I just feel like I'm creating something that I've always wanted to do with it, which is interesting because I did the violin part, but that was one small aspect of it. It wasn't everything for me. And I'm really happy that I'm listening to what I want to do and finding uh, impossible paths to make it work. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just said that um, you're lucky because you usually your dreams come true. I think there's more to it. I think you make your dreams come true. It's very clear. You know what I mean? You just don't yeah. wait for your dreams to come true. Right. You work hard for it and you go There's, for it. 
totally. I kind of, I mean, agree. You're not seeing like the snotty tears and like the stuff goes on throughout the day, you know, like yeah. there's a journey to these moments. Right. And right. someone picks me up off the floor eventually and I get right. back up, but it's, yeah, there's quite, okay. it's, I'm, you know, a dramatic artist at times and life goes on, <laughs> but it's, it's really rewarding at times. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you write somebody, they don't write you back. Oh, they don't right. like me, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after a few times, you know, you just keep on going. And then right. I think, um, I think it's really true. It's hard when we are in the middle of something, right? Like get involved emotionally. But I'm sure when you look back at what you've already accomplished and done, that the thing for me personally is like, I don't want to have regrets in life. So I yeah. want to try those things, right? Because the worst thing I think is to look back in your life and think, what if? What if I yeah. had tried, right? Oh, but the fear of failing sometimes can stop us. But I think it's not about failing. Sure. But, you know, like for instance, if COVID wasn't going on, like we... We were supposed to be running. We were going to do something crazy. Like, you know, this is crazy bird. So this is what we, we decided. We were going to go run a marathon in the desert in Jordan. And oh, just wow. like, you know, and it was at night. So you're going to have to run throughout the night. And they couldn't guarantee that you would be safe. And they were like, you know, we might lose you. So we need you to yell out at every mile marker so we can find out your number. Like if you're still here. Because some people get lost and they keep running the wrong direction and like, so we were going to go do this whole crazy thing in the desert and then that gets called off. So I feel like we're making the most of changing our plans. We'll do that again in the future. We'll just, you know, when life is safer to travel and all that, we'll do that. But then for now, we're just embracing like crazier little dreams that we wouldn't have been able to make happen. Right. Well, thank you so much, Emma. It's been really wonderful to have you here on our show. And I, you know, it's been very inspiring to me and I'm pretty sure there will be a few people out there that will be able to relate to your story and will find it really inspiring. And thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure. Did you want to share with our listeners um, where they can find your blog or your Instagram or anything like sure. that so they can yeah. find your current work? Well, my my Instagram handle is my name, which is very long at this point. I have my married and maiden name attached, but it's Emma Sutton. Williams. That's S-U-T-T-O-N-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S at the end of Emma. And my blog is really simple. It's emmahasablog.com. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's just Great. where you'll find musings and traveling and, you know, you'll see where we are and, you know, maybe I'll write some things true to the heart. But as I said, we're constantly evolving. So my blog and personality and things that I do will probably change as well.
The Crazy Bird Podcast is hosted by Violetta Kaminska and Matt Van Rice. Our guest for this episode was Emma Sutton Williams. Learn more about Emma's work on her website and Instagram. We've included those links in our show notes. The closing music is Beau by Claude Debussy, performed by Emma Sutton Williams. Our theme music was written and performed by Agnieszka Kowalik. The nature recordings were recorded by Violetta Kaminska. This episode was edited and produced by Matt Van Rice. This has been a Plaid production. <laughs>